welcome to Andrew Sullivan, the founder of Asian Market Sense. Happy New Year, Andrew. Happy New Year. Good morning. Good morning. And Alex Wong, director of Alex KY Wong Asset Management. Happy New Year, Alex. Happy New Year. Great to have you both on the show today. And we'd also love to hear from you at home or in the office on your thoughts on 2023 or predictions for 2024. Our WhatsApp is international code 852-6899-8518. Or go to our LinkedIn site and leave a comment there. Carolyn and I are waiting to hear from you. But first, gentlemen, starting with Andrew, what were your biggest surprises in 2023? Well, I think this, the first one has to be the fact that uh, after China's pivot on uh, on COVID, that we didn't see the recovery that we were expecting this time last year. Uh, and I think largely that is because we didn't see China taking more uh, significant action on the weakness in its property sector. Uh, and, and that that problem has, uh, has maintained itself through the year and looks to carry on into 24 as well. OK, so, Andrew, if you're a time traveller and could... T- travel back to that beginning, um, I, I guess you would do more to focus on the property sector by sounds of things. Well, I think the government should have done, yes. I, mean, I think actually for, for an investor's point of view, I mean, the, the reality is that we saw all that money flowing into China at the beginning of the year. Uh, and then by the middle of the year, it started flowing back out again because there hadn't been the resolution of the, uh, of the problems in the property sector. And, and those problems really don't seem to have been resolved yet. And I think from some of the data that we saw that maybe some of the official data on housing in Shanghai and Beijing isn't correct, it could well be that the government has just been running on the wrong information and has been uh, uh, falsely confident that the the economy was in a better shape than it actually was. Hmm, Interesting thought there. How about you, Alex? Um, Were you shocked by the lack of turnaround on the China economy? And what else were you shocked by for 2023? Yeah, of course, uh, the lack of turnaround in China actually is quite surprising given the uh, strong stocks uh, last year. So uh, this is one thing. And another thing is uh, the bullish um, turn in the global market uh, after the Fed pivot uh, towards the end of the last year. So I think that the speed of the turnaround and, and the magnitude actually is, is uh, very um, astonishing. So I think uh, both of the... Um, both markets actually are quite surprising. The, the, the strength of the global markets and the weakness in the China market actually are much more stronger than expected. Mm, quite a contrast. Right now, gentlemen, I'd like to get your crystal balls out or, or maybe tarot cards, if you prefer. And tell me what you are seeing for 2024, starting with you, Alex. I think uh, probably we may still see the continuation of the trend. I think global market actually may still be strong. I think, uh, first of all, um, the inflation over the last two, three years actually may be seen as abnormal. So we are back to the low in inflation era, and that means uh, quite bullish uh, for uh, for uh, for risky assets. And I think uh, the risk on attitude actually would still be continue. And there are plenty of money sitting on the sidelines on time deposit or money market funds. So I think uh, probably this would be uh, very supportive for the risky assets. But uh, China probably may still be the exception. So I think uh, probably maybe we see the continuation of the current pattern in 2024. And Alex, what about the big tech seven? What do you see happening to them? Uh, I think uh, uh, people had been very concentrated on the bets uh, in, the, in, the, in the early part of the rally, but they are, they are trying to diversify uh, 
Now, so uh, the big tech probably would lag behind the overall market performance. I think uh, people probably would like to diversify more into those uh, second tier names. So uh, we are not seeing too much uh, gains uh, on those um, big techs uh, towards the end of uh, last year. So I think that may be still be the, the pattern. But I think uh, they would not have uh, too much uh, correction because uh, people would like to stick to them. And then they are probably the uh, key winners in the AI era. So I think that they would still be uh, supported by that theme. So uh, they probably may still be going up, but I think the outperformance uh, would not be like last year. Okay. Andrew, what do you see in your crystal ball? Well, I think, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people that are focused on Asia are going to be obviously not watching China uh, and seeing whether we get any policy changes there. Uh, but as Alex says, there's a lot of money sitting on the sidelines there. And I think there's, uh, you know, if we do see the, the Fed cutting rates, then people will be looking to try and lock in uh, the higher rates for longer uh, rather than the short-term money market funds. Uh, and then it's a question of where does that money go? And I think uh, Japan and India have been very attractive uh, at this stage. Okay. How about the, you know, the China valuations? Um, the P's are looking good. The general valuations are looking good. So you don't see any big sudden surge or attraction to the China stock exchange? No, I think, I mean, I think that a lot of people have learned that we saw you know, significant policy changes taking place almost overnight in China. Uh, and even last week with the yeah. sell-off again in the tech sector. Um, and I think people have realized that, you know, you don't get certainty anymore in China. Uh, it used to be that, you know, you know, Tencent and uh, Alibaba were allowed to develop their business and allowed to you know, find new products and go into new markets, and nothing seemed to change. However, you know, when they clamped down on the education system, on the tech sector, people suddenly realized that there was a big risk in China. You know, unlike the U.S., if you wanted to change you know, the policy for Google or Amazon trading, it would probably take months, if not years, uh, whereas in China it can happen overnight. And I think that's made a lot of people very wary. Uh, in fact, a number of sort of the investors have said, you know, they'll go back into China when they've forgotten how much they lost last time they changed their minds. So I think that's that's a real problem for the Chinese uh, government to try and overcome as far as attracting international investors again. Well, sometimes memories can be short. Do you see the China government introducing regulations in any other areas? Obviously, they have in tech so far. But what does your crystal ball say about any other areas for regulations? Well... I mean, President Xi, in his uh, in his annual statement, you know, was looking at saying stability. Uh, the the uh, the idea being that they would develop new things before they change the old things. Uh, so it's it's difficult to tell. I mean, we could really do with them making a significant change in the property sector, maybe allowing some bankruptcies to happen, allowing prices to fall, and really having a a clearing operation there. But I think that's very unlikely because of the, you know, the other thing you always have to remember in China is the fact that, uh, you know, social stability is the is the key for the party remaining in control. And that's the main thing that they want. Um, so I don't think we're going to see anything significant there. And do you agree with that, Alex, in your crystal ball, that there's unlikely to be regulations in other areas? Hopefully they will not. I think they probably have should have learned enough lessons uh, uh, in the past few years, and 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 the and the action last week is quite surprising. Yeah. So I think uh, they probably would have learned a lesson and try to um, not doing too much. So uh, hopefully they will not do too much. But I think uh, that it will take very long time for the market to regain their uh, trust. So I think uh, China will underperform, but hopefully they would not be. Um, 
many new policies damaging the market confidence. Staying with you, Alex, what are the key data announcements you'll be looking for in 2024 to get an idea of the way things are heading? I think the market uh, right now is assuming uh, some kind of slowdown in the U.S. and then there will be a rounds of rate cuts in the U.S. happening. So I think uh, there are, of course, there will be two key areas, the inflation and the uh, overall economic performance. Uh, but I think the inflation actually would be the key because... Um, I think uh, we are probably back to structural low in- inflation era. Uh, in, in that case, probably we would have uh, some soft landing scenario in the U.S. So uh, the inflation data actually would be the key. Uh, I think the inflation data uh, not just in the U.S., probably in China and then in Europe as well. Andrew? Yes, I think I think uh, completely right. Alex is completely right there. I mean, everybody's been going to watch the FOMC to see, uh, you know, the market's already trying to, or, or already more ambitious than the, the Fed's indicators seem to be about rate cuts. Uh, and if those do come through, if, the, if there is a softening in the US economy, it's going to have a huge impact because obviously that's going to impact demand for goods and certainly goods out of China and Asia in general. Um, so people will be watching that very closely along with the other central banks. Okay, let's move on to your investment strategy for 2024. Well, maybe you don't want to reveal that, but tell us what markets and sectors are you keeping an eye on, Andrew? Well, for me, I think, as I said earlier, I think uh, India and and Japan are the two key markets. Japan, as we expect, uh, yield curve control to be uh, uh, removed from the equation and back to a more normal situation. and India, because, I mean, without China, you're looking for a large market that's you know, manufacturing-orientated. Um, India, is, it seems to be making leaps and bounds in the right direction. Um, and it has a lot of the benefits that Hong Kong used to offer in many respects, is the fact that you've got English law and English language, which makes it attractive to uh, international investors. Well, I believe it's overtaken the Hong Kong exchange now, the India exchanges. Um, don't know whether you know whether I'm right on that or not. But the, the one thing I do know is India does seem to be overvalued with some at 40 times. That doesn't put you off, Andrew? Well, I mean, it, 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 it's obviously going to make you wary. But the fact is that uh, if 40 times is, is you know, a lot of people would say it is overvalued, but you're still actually seeing growth there still. Uh, and that will be the key thing. And the fact that you're seeing more international companies, the likes of Apple, moving there as they change their employment restrictions. Um, I think the key thing for India, and obviously there's an election there again this year, but the key thing for India really is uh, is allowing women into the workplace and mm. uh, you know, really taking advantage of that, which is what really drove China when it went to manufacturing, was women working in the factories. Uh, if India can uh, replicate that, then I think you'll see very strong growth in India and that, you know, those valuations then will be justified. Mm, very interesting. Alex? Yeah, same. I think uh, Japan and India actually are interesting. Japan right now is uh, being pressured by the uh, strength of yen, but I've, uh, but given the, the current strength of yen, actually, uh, they are quite resilient. So I think uh, people will accept that uh, the, the yield curve control probably will be gone, but uh, companies' earnings actually would be picked up. So I think uh, Japan would be interesting to, to pick uh, on the current weakness. And then I think India, of course, in a very strong momentum. And, and, and other than do that, to, to these two markets, I think the U.S. market will still be outperformed because uh, this is the, the pace where global money are uh, going in. Okay, a lot of alignment there. 
Um, what sectors, though, Alex? You mentioned a couple of markets there. Any sectors you're interested in? I think uh, uh, probably uh, people would expect some slowdown. So uh, companies which are selling actual goods probably underperform, I think. And uh, probably people are paying on uh, uh, tax uh, because of the uh, expectation of long, longer interest rate uh, going down. And then I think uh, the inflation winner actually was, would be okay as well. So, uh, so outlets like uh, Costco's uh, probably would still be the, the, the star performers. Andrew, I've got 10 seconds to nail you down on one or two sectors you're looking at. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody's going to ask how you amortise AI this year. But on the back of that, you've still got you know, the need for memory, the need for you know all the other areas of AI, like data centres, energy uh, transformers. So people will be looking at that very closely. I think. OK, because, thank said, you. People will be looking for good, sound companies. Thank you, Andrew Sullivan, the founder of Asian Market Sense, and Alex Wong, director of Alex KY Wong Asset Management.